Securities offered through Kestra Investment Services, LLC. Kestra IS, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Kestra Advisory Services, LLC. Kestra AS, an affiliate of Kestra IS. Capital Advisory Group, Inc. is not affiliated with Kestra IS or Kestra AS. Neither Kestra IS nor Kestra AS provide legal or tax advice and are not certified public accounting firms. You work hard for your money. For the next hour, you're going to learn how to keep what's yours. Capital Advisory Group presents Keep What's Yours. Here are Josh Gilbert and Jeff Zufall. Hello and welcome to Keep What's Yours with Jeff Zufall. I'm Josh Gilbert sitting here with Jeff Zufall, Senior Tax Strategist and Wealth Advisor with Capital Advisory Group. I've been telling everybody, Jeff, it is, we're halfway through the year. Yes. And, you know, at, at what point... At what point do you say, well, you know, we've already gone this far through the year. I might as well not make any adjustments. It is what it is. December. December. <laughs> December. Seriously. There's still, what, half of your paychecks left Yes. to save money, and it to might keep not, money. It might be half your paychecks, half of the, like, your 401K contribution, IRA, all that fun stuff could still be done, figured out between now and December. You may have to adjust and then in December, readjust because we would set it up for six months or five months of contributions, and you'd have to adjust. And then, you know, January of the following year, do it for a full 12 or whatever. I, um, I could see people saying, well, this seems complicated. I don't know how to change my contributions. I don't know how to change my withholdings. Uh, I don't know what an FSA is. I don't know what an HSA is. That's what Jeff's that's for. What we do. Yep, that's why we he's walk you through it here. Like literally, I, I want to say, just bring your tax return to yes. him, and he can get the process started. He at least knows where you're at. Bring a couple of paycheck stubs. He can see where you're sitting and say, "Well, we could do X, Y, and Z tomorrow." Yes, exactly. And maybe uh, as far as your 2024 tax returns, your 2023, uh, technically, yeah. next April. You can find out, well, you know what? Jeff kept $2,000 in my exactly. pocket. We can show you. We have software that will actually do a calculation, whether it's a personal return, business return. Um, we can analyze it and say, here's all the stuff you should do. You yeah. might not be able to afford it all. We get that. We're, we're normal. And we know we got to right. eat, pay the bills. But the know, concept, I can't do 20% of my exactly. paycheck. Yeah. But know. maybe you could do 3% starting and then in 2024 raise it to 4%. And then, or five percent, and just subtly, out of sight, out of mind, small increases as you go forward. And I, t- I tell this story all the time, Jeff. You told me that just do small incremental increases. You'll never miss it. I got so excited to see, you know, how well it was working <laughs> that I jumped it up two percentage points. Exactly. Uh, this last year. And you know what? We're halfway through the year. Yeah, exactly. And it's not like I've run out of money. Again, now don't get depressed because the market has started to come to life a little bit, but it's still got a ways to go. Um, So you may still go, this is stupid. I'm losing money. But again, you're there for the long term. Yeah. Um, If you're going to retire next year, it'd be a totally different game. Um, But in your case, like I said, you got to work to 75. Oh, (laughs) two weeks ago was 71. (laughs) No, I mean, you're shooting 30 years off in the future. So, again, you can you can assume that risk when it doesn't go right. But, again, as you pack those dollars away today, 
you'll enjoy them way down the road. Now, 75 is the new uh, 55, yeah. right? If the president <laughs> can be 75 years old, uh, then I can work until I'm 75 too. Um, so it's just one of these things where you'll never miss it if you sock exactly. it away. And it adds mm-hmm. up, you know? It, it's it like, well, I'm not going to do all this stuff just to, you know— Save five, ten, fifteen, twenty bucks each paycheck. Yes. But if you add that up at the end of the year, for oh, me a, and my wife, it's a ton. And and again, the concept. This gets into the math, and the, boom, I just lost half of America right there. Um, math, and, yeah, math. <laughs> I um, wanted eight people have panic attacks when they do math. Like I just read they, that stat. Yes, not that gets. Oh, I hate math. No, they straight panic, up. They start attacks. sweating yes. and have panic attacks. I see that sometimes. I'm like, "Whoa, slow down. We'll do it for you. Don't worry." Right. Um, but again, time value of money that says a dollar today invested. What is it worth in the future? Right. And that that's what we're that's what we're talking. Again, if you waited until you're 60 and said, "Oh, I got to save for retirement," um, you got to put away a ton of money. Versus if you were 25 and you started putting a small amount away. You could continue on. You'd have more money just strictly under the time value of money concept. And I truly wish that I would have been a homeowner sooner. I truly wish I would have started saving my money sooner. I truly wish I could, you know, I had some great times. Oh, But I never would have missed (laughs) it. And plus, I would have saved so much money on rent that I paid all those years. Um, I'd be 15 years into paying off a house right now or have all this equity built up. It's just I can't go back in time. Can't. So, so start today. Can't, I, can't, right. can't look in the rearview mirror. You have to look forward. So start something today, even if it's a small, small amount, and then you increase it. And we're kind of your, I'll say your coach slash uh, therapist, <laughs> mm-hmm. all wrapped up in the one to kind of help you stay on that path going forward. And just because the year's half over, well, what matter? are we, optimist versus pessimist? Exactly. Is it half full or half empty? Yep. It's half full always. (laughs) Is it half over or has it half just begun? You you can still make some adjustments and realize that when it comes tax time next year, you say, oh, my gosh, Jeff helped me keep a lot of money. It might be 500 bucks, but it's 500 bucks. And that's the concept. Yep. And uh, that – who else – if I didn't make any of those adjustments, if I didn't keep 500 bucks, where would that 500 bucks go? To the federal government or – from a, a financial plan standpoint, um, you would have just blown it on coffee and right. McDonald's. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you wouldn't have the compound interest. Yes. Uh, that's a beautiful word when it comes to looking at your, your retirement plan. But would you rather have the federal government have 500 of your dollars extra, mm-hmm. or would you like to be able to keep that? Keep it. That's the name Always. of the show. <laughs> What's yours? That's the name of the book that Jeff wrote. It's the name of the game when it comes to picking a financial strategy where it's you versus the federal government. Mm-hmm. And I always say on this show, I do not like to create animosity between us and the IRS because never, never. they don't they don't know who I yeah, am. They, I, I'm a, they don't unless your number comes up and they decide to audit yeah. you and then they know who you are. I'm a social security <laughs> number to them. It, it ain't personal. All right? So don't think of it that way. No. But when it comes to should I get to keep the money or should the government keep it? You. I should. Always, yes. Always. Always. 
And as long as we stay within the tax code and utilize the things in the tax code that really pertain to us, I mean, you've got all those pages and pages oh, uh, that, yeah. about GE. That and, are worthless to us. Yeah, um, just mega corporations, yeah. their tax code. But in the the couple of pages that they, you know, parceled in there <laughs> for us, there's a couple of good things in there. Yeah, exactly. And we could be taking advantage of those today. And that's what we're going to do on this show this week. Why do you need a financial planner? Why do you need a Jeff Zufall? Not only is he the senior tax strategist, he can make it so that every time you get a paycheck, you are doing it tax efficiently. Exactly. Every two weeks, and here again, I say it, there's six months left in the year. Every two weeks, you get paid mm-hmm. on a paycheck if, exactly. you're, if you're bi weekly. By the way, bi weekly means twice or every two weeks. Every two weeks. But it also so. means twice a week. Yes. <laughs> Which is so confusing. But it's, it's every two weeks, our 26 pays a year. And then when there's a leap year, you get 27. Yeah. Which is kind of bizarre. That's fun. I think last year last year was a leap year. So there was 27 pays versus if you were biweekly. I love when I find out that uh, there's a month where I get three paychecks. Um, so it's <laughs> I just, think it's this month. Is it? It's June. Coming up. Is one of them. Yes. It's one of those things where every time you get a paycheck, you have an opportunity to keep more of your money. Yes. And when you think of it on a level like that, it adds up. Yeah. And you'll get to the end of the year, and Jeff can say, "Look, you could have kept fifteen hundred bucks, exactly, <clears throat> but you let it go to the federal government." Yep. That should right there make you call him right now six three six three nine four five five two four. I'm sick of sending extra money to the government <laughs> when I could have kept it in my pocket. So that's what a financial planner does. That's what a senior tax strategist does. That's what the wealth advisor can help you with. And that is what Jeff does. Capital Advisory, GRP.com. Now, I want to go to a commercial break and just come back and get into it and say, look, this is where we are lacking in our lives Yes, is the knowledge base. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of times where I don't even know where to get started. So exactly. I don't. Yeah. So I don't get started. So having somebody there that says, it's easy. This I'll walk you through it. Yeah, exactly. All you have to do is say yes, no, uh, one, yeah. two, plus, minus, <laughs> and Jeff will get the whole thing started for us. So we'll figure out why do we need a financial planner right after this. Keep What Yours continues with Josh Gilbert and Jeff Zufall. Back on the show, back to Keep What's Yours with Jeff Zufall. I'm Josh Gilbert. And why do you need a financial planner? Why do you need someone like Jeff who not only can talk to you about your taxes, but also can talk to you about your uh, retirement? Exactly. And where to put your money? You know, if if we end up with extra money at the end of the year and I say, Jeff, where can I put it? Should I blow it at the casino? Yeah. Or should I say, let's go? (laughs) Yeah. Should I put it uh, somewhere where I can use it to make some more money for me? Um, Investment strategies, all this stuff. Jeff is there for both of it. And and I I guess here's my first question. Why is it important that your tax person and your financial planning person is the same person? Because everything that happens in your financial life will end up on a tax return at some point in time, whether it's this year, next year. Um, it's that simple. Um, and again, no offense to the planners out there and no offense to the, the CPAs out there, 
But typically, you have an advisor, and the advisor says, hey, we're going to make these trades. Um, it's going to you know, create some taxation, but consult your tax advisor. And then you take that to your tax advisor, and then they got to run it through their system and go, oh, yeah, hey, your dollars are X or whatever. Or that doesn't happen. We see that all the time. Uh, 2022, uh, I'm sorry, 2021 was a great year, 20 and 21 in the markets. People had capital gains galore. They would come in and we'd be like, hey, guess what? You owe $18,000 in tax and they'd pass out in the chair. Mm -hmm. The tax advisor or the investment advisor might have said, hey, you're going to owe a little tax, but it never made it that far to actually put it onto a tax return and make sure that maybe estimated taxes were paid or something could be done before the end of the year. Are to where you don't just get your tax return one day and show up to pick it up and go, wow, I owe 18 grand. Where'd that happen? Yeah. So, and, and the last thing that I want to do is shuttle between two different offices. Well, that too. Then you got to make sure the right data gets over there um, and you're saying, hey, here's my stuff. Um, then they have to put it together. But that's what we do as we go forward. So, towards the end of the year, so in a, a financial plan, basically. The easiest way to get started with this, and everybody thinks, man, it's going to be this 400-page document and all this crazy stuff. It could be as simple as a one-page plan. It could be as complex as a 30-page plan. The concept is at least you have a, a, a roadmap to get you where you need to go. Yeah. So we can. Give me, I would say, give me the one-page plan. One page and then is we'll easy. Start adding exactly. pages as time goes on. As life get gets more, more complicated. Then we start adding stuff to that. But again, what it's going to do is say, hey, this is where you are right now today. This is where you want to go. This is how you get there. And it may take you five years. I mean, there's even stuff. I mean, I joke with you about retirement all the time. People come into us and they go, hey, I'm going to retire next year. We crunch the numbers and go, sorry, you can't. Yeah, no, you're not. I mean, there's no way on the face of the earth unless you lived off $1,000 a month. Mm -hmm. um, and they're like, well, I can't do that. And it's like, Exactly. So yeah, well, here's your mop and here's your, your smock. <laughs> exactly. Get back and, to work. And not say that you don't ever want to go back to work again. Some people don't. But again, maybe after a year or two or three of retirement, you get a side job, kind of make a little extra money. That's all part of that equation. But typically we see first year of retirement when people actually fully retire, walk away, they spend a little bit more money than what they think. Mm -hmm. Because they're traveling, you know, going to see grandkids, going places that they couldn't because they were all idle, idle hands. Oh yeah, you know. Um, and then after, there's only so much golf you can play too. So after a while, they're like, "Hey, I want to do something." So we kind of coach people to say, "Hey, is there a hobby that you could turn into a side business? Not that you're going to recreate Coca-Cola again, but just something to keep you occupied, make a little money, tie in uh, fishing lures." Yeah. Stuff. You know? I mean, goofy stuff like that. Sell them on eBay or something. Um, maybe not around here, but there's a lot of people that are retired that are guides. You know, um, oh, I'd love to tours, do that. Yeah, uh, work for the parks department. Um, it's volunteer. Not you're not trying to make money. You're just trying to keep occupied. But so big. But pitches. it does. It does create a taxable event. Exactly. Everything so, that you, you do know. will hit your tax return. It's just a matter of when. And one of the big questions we always get is, when should I take Social Security? Um, that's part of the financial plan to build it in to say, hey, when are you going to take Social Security? When's your what, what's your 401k IRAs look like today versus if we project off into the future? And again, that's a projection. It's worth its weight of that paper. That's about it. Um, but again, you're trying to project into the future to say what what could it be? And the problem is is required minimum distribution kicks in. Um, and typically, that's either 73 or shortly to be 75, complex. Um, 
And then what takes place is your Social Security becomes 85% taxable to you when that happens. And then, boom, you owe more money. So if you know that going into retirement to say, here's the plan, here's where you are today, here's how we're going to get you there. Um, And then once you're there, here's what your tax angle looks like. And this is when you take Social Security and here's why, not just arbitrarily say, I'm going to wait for my full retirement age. Um, You you take it when it mathematically works for you. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when RMDs kick in, you know what your tax liability is. No surprises. None. And that is the idea. And the last thing that you want to do is find out a year or two into your retirement that you're just bleeding money in taxes and you never had to. And you never had to because of the way that your income is structured. It's a pension, which is fully taxable. It's Social Security. Um, IRA or, you know, qualified plan distributions, um, all those are taxable to you. And it's going to force your Social Security to be taxed at either 50 percent or 85 percent. And when I say that, when I say 50 percent taxable, so if you get $10,000 a year in Social Security, $5,000 shows up in the taxable column of your tax return and you pay whatever your ordinary income rate is on that are as high as 85 percent. Um, some of the other stuff that people don't realize, if you go into retirement, um, it's Medicare planning for your Medicare premium. So at 65, you flip from your company plan and you go on Medicare. Um, 182 bucks a month as you sit today. But if you're, in, if you're single or married fine jointly, there's an income threshold out there that says you go over this threshold, we're going to increase your premiums on you whether you want to or not. Now, if it's temporary, like uh, sale of a business, um, I think is one of the only outs, it'll, it'll pop for 12 months and then drop back down. Um, but if your income stays up, you're going to pay way more than what the average person pays, like in the, the f- almost five or $600 a month range for Medicare. So it's, it's the Medicare planning, um, tax bracket planning to say, hey, you got all these combinations of income coming in. Where does it put you on the Richter scale for yeah. tax planning? Um, and, and I guess it's, you know, the Medicare and the Social Security, this is for people to be able to live on and, uh, you know, not have to work until their 80s and 90s. Exactly. But if you are collecting Social Security, you are using Medicare after 65 – and you're still trudging along in in business and bringing in a hefty yeah. hundred two hundred thousand dollars in income. Well, most they, people, yeah, they most start taking that back. Yeah, well, it's only if you're full because most people full retirement age is sixty six and six months, and it gets higher from there depending upon what year you were born. Um, so the problem is, is if you retire prior to um, and you earn income, and earn income is W two or self employment income. What actually takes place is for every $2 over 18800 is a number this year, um, gets indexed for inflation each year. Um, for every $2 over that threshold, they take a dollar of your Social Security away from you. But it's delayed by 12 months. So until you file your return and then the IRS gets it, the IRS forwards it to Social Security, and they go, hey, look what Josh did. And then they come back and say, oh, you owe us money back because you made too much. And that's money that I already took out. Yeah. So possibly they, already spent. They cut down your next month's uh, benefits, um, and you go from you know two thousand a month to eighteen hundred a month until that money is paid back. So again, it's kind of a game that's played going forward. So you need to make sure that when you do retire, 
you don't start up Social Security until you hit your full retirement age, or if you do turn on Social Security, you're taking money only from qualified plans, 401ks, IRAs, stuff like that, that you do not, it does not uh, qualify or count against Social Security. So I have been doing the show with you for a little bit now, and I'm getting every other word that you're saying. <laughs> and I've been, you know, knee deep in this every week with yeah. you for a year and a half, two years now. Okay. What about the regular person out there? I think what they just heard you say was there's a lot of planning that goes into this. A ton of planning. And there's a lot of math. Yes. And you'll, you'd yeah. be fine if you knew what every move that you wanted to make, if you had the right mathematical yeah. equation, equation to plug in it. there behind yeah. it. Yep. But chances are we're going to fudge the numbers or we're going to forget a one or we're going to forget about well, it's kind know, of, carried it's, interest. We're going to forget about yeah, all of this stuff. It's kind of hard to do that just by scribbling on a piece of paper because you need to do projections um, and it could go three or four different ways. So we use three pieces of software that actually tied back together to produce this as we go forward. And, and the idea is, and, and I don't know if, if there's a, a sweet spot, a magic number, where someone does this on their own or doesn't do anything, and they, you know, were, well, I was able to squeak by. And, yeah. You know, I didn't have to pay uh, crazy amounts of money to the government and taxes. I was able to do, you know, it's, that must be a unicorn. Um, it, it is, or someone that understands uh, tax law. That could kind of play the game as they go forward. Who understands tax law? <laughs> it's easy. <laughs> Who does that? Um, so it's, there's a lot of math. Yes. And uh, I'm going to ask you several times throughout this uh, for some very specific examples. Have you ever seen someone come into you maybe for uh, some tax help and you realize that maybe their financial planner – not to put anyone on blast – their financial planner had to make a move that was beneficial to the financial planner but left the client holding a big tax bag? Yes, multiple times. Because you make a move and you don't think, what's this going to cost me in taxes down the road? And, and usually I'm the one that gets yelled at um, because it's my fault. Because you're the one that – Yeah, because I'm the one that said, hey, that happened three times this year. Um, and I had to stop, call the client and go, look, yo, 19 grand, sorry. Um, and his response to me was, well, what do you mean? That's impossible. My my planner was supposed to take What'd care of that. What'd you do wrong? And I'm like, your planner isn't a tax planner um, because they kind of forgot a couple elements in there. Um, now, I could say, hey, you made more money from dividend income than you have in the last two, three years. Um, on the bright side, uh, that kind of ticked them off even more. Mm -hmm. right. <laughs> um, but again, at the end of the day, Nobody walked them through or they, or they assumed that they were doing tax planning, but they kind of forgot half of the equation out there. So there's a lot of pieces of the puzzle that have to be put in play. And when we talk about uh, what is the tax code, it's a, um, you know, how do you, as it goes up, the progressive, line, progressive yes. tax code. Yes. Is it possible, and tell me once and for all, is it possible, you know, I had a sister-in-law that says this. Well, I just got a raise, and now I actually make less money than I did no. before the raise because my taxes are higher. No. You're, no. I mean, because what's going to take place is the <clears throat> higher you go up the food chain, in a sense, uh, your withholding should stay in tune with it to take care of the taxes as you go. But you still make more money. So let's say I make $300,000 a year. Mm -hmm. 
at, which I do not <laughs> yet. Um, as I'm going forward, January, February, March, I'm paying the lower tax yes. rate because I haven't made. Exactly. But so as you, I get into December, maybe for the month stepped, of December, I'm paying yeah. That, yeah. Higher that higher amount. tax rate. But, but only on what I earned above then. That. Yeah. So it's not on everything. So it starts, you know, first 12000 you make at zero technically. Sure. Um, and then you start slowly working up that, that tax bracket. Yeah. So, but by the end of the year, yeah, if you're a 37 percent tax bracket, it starts getting expensive. But again, at the end of the day, you have to look forward, not look backwards. By looking forward at that, you made more money. Period. Yeah. I mean, yep. yes, you're paying more in tax. <laughs> Is it possible for one of these uh, guys or gals that yelled at you because their financial planner did something and they didn't think about the tax implications? Is it possible to? Um, with the the tax laws and uh, capital gains and all that stuff, to sell something and then get the tax hit and then you ended up losing money on the deal? Yeah. I mean, you, not so much in trading, but more so in, in a bad year in the market, 2022 as an example, um, even though you lost a ton of money in the open markets, okay, just because everybody did. There's nobody that like, oh, I made money um, other than hedge funds. Um, but typically what took place is you lost money. And then what takes place is the mutual fund families dinged you with a capital gain distribution at the end of the year. So what that is is it's a distribution from the funds. The funds aren't going to pay the tax. So throughout the year they had to trade stuff. And they might have traded something, Apple, that was at an all-time high. But they had to trade it to either balance the portfolio of the mutual fund are to uh, fund redemptions where people were like, hey, get me out. I want my money. Mm-hmm. So what takes place is when they make that trade, nobody knows what that tax calc is until the end of the year. And the fund family is not going to sit on that and pay the tax. They're going to distribute it out to the shareholders proportionately. So at the end of the year, you've lost money all year and boom, you get a $9,000 capital gain distribution that you have to pay tax on. You're like, where'd that come from? So that's the that's what you're trying to not you can't avoid it, um, but to be prepared for it, yep. to worry about it each year. Well, that seems uh, very specific. But when uh, this guy who you said, "Hey, I got a I got a problem. Uh, you owe eighteen thousand dollars <laughs> in taxes off of that trade." He, the reason why he owed so much in taxes is because he made so much. He made more money on that trade. Yeah, made so, money on that trade and had. Uh, a way more higher dividend than what he did in the in the past. Right. So again, at the end of the day, trying to help out the other planner, I was like, "Well, hey, look at it this way: you made more in a dividend. I mean, like a, a substantial sum." That still didn't didn't no didn't it never make helps. Him happy. It never helps. <laughs> so it, what does help is to know that before you even make that trade, what is your tax implication? Exactly. Going to be? And if you don't know what it is and you don't plan for it, chances are. You're going to be paying more in taxes than what you should have. Exactly. And are here's, – here's another way to look at it. Um, never get emotionally attached to a stock. So if the stock goes down in value, sell it. And there's a reason why you bought it to start with. And if it doesn't achieve that reason, sell it. Go find something else. Um, funny part is today in cash, you can get four and a quarter, four one, just to sit in cash and, and zero risk. Um, so – that's the, the the issue with the banks today. Nobody's going to sit in a savings account at point two five. 
um, they're going to move it over and go into a money market and get four, four, and four point one. Um, so again, the question is: sell it, create a capital loss. If this is a taxable account, create a capital loss. So yes, you sold it. It's realized loss. It sits there. But then as you go forward, and, and these could be huge sums, um, as you go forward and you reinvest in stuff and you make money, when you sell and make a capital gain, which you put 1000 in and you took 2000 out, the capital gain is offset by any capital loss. So you either take $3,000 every year against ordinary income of capital losses or it, your capital loss offsets any gain that you make going forward, and it sits on your tax return. The capital loss is a carry forward. You get to use it for eternity. Now, mm-hmm. you can't pass it to anybody, so you and your wife have to use it. But that's another technique to say trade all the loser stocks, sit in so, cash, buy other stuff, and over time you will make money. Even when you lose money, you can use that to leverage. Yes, because that's all written into the tax. It's code. all in there. Now you only get three grand a year, mm-hmm. and you go, you know, three grand, whoopie doo. But it's three grand. Um, but whatever those losses are, they just sit on the books, and it's a carry forward each year until you use it well, up. Let's hope you don't lose over three grand every year. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh no, there's some uh, General Motors. Um, when in 2008, when General Motors went down. They claimed bankruptcy. What took place was they wiped away all that GM stock, became worthless. Um, there were people who had piles of old GM stock that they got while they worked at GM. Um, it was worthless. So whatever that grand total was, was a capital loss. Mm. And typically these were 70 and 80-year-old widows who thought they had you know, a bundle of money. And when it went down, they had nothing. But you could take that money use it as a capital loss carry forward. They never got to use the full benefit of it because they passed away before the, the yeah. dollars were used. Um, but they got three grand a year going forward for you know 10 or 12 years before they passed away. So let's do another example uh, of how a financial planner and a tax advisor all in one, that's what Jeff Zufall is, Capital Advisory Group, 636-394-5524, how it's beneficial you know that I want a boat. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe I'll even say, Jeff, before I retire at 75, <laughs> I want a boat so I can enjoy it while I'm still young. Boating age. Yes. Um, and I say, it's going to happen. Can you sit down and tell me through taxes, through whatever I'm getting in Social Security, through whatever is in my 401k or Roth or whatever, can you say, well, we can take the money out for the boat in a strategic way to minimize your tax hit. Yes. And that's the point. That's the point. Uh, we get uh, all the time, hey, I want to buy a vacation home. Um, how do I do that? And you go, hey, here's the money that needs to be set aside. You may sell this. You may move that. may take you three years to get there. may be able to do it that next year. Um, you know, Again, going back to the second home scenario, writing off the interest, if you can itemize. Um, might help you, might not help you. We could say, hey, it's worth borrowing money. It's not worth borrowing money. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it, it, At the end of the day, math always wins, and it's a mathematical equation. Whereas so, I could just go to my account and just drain out $80,000 yeah. and go pay for a boat and then get a big tax And hit. then maybe get a big tax hit. Um, maybe the, you know, you, the boat was big enough, you got a tax write-off for it. And I say tax write-off as you get to write off the interest that you would pay on that. So maybe it's better to borrow the money 
um, over because a boat you can do it uh, you know over a 20 30 year note um, get the write-off interest going forward for the first couple of years uh, as long as it has a bathroom and a kitchen in it it's considered a second home um, oh really so it's got to be big enough to yeah the write-off rvs too then rvs yes how about that? See, yeah. this is the reason. These are the small things that add up to big things of why you need a financial planner and someone like Jeff who does wealth advising and tax strategy yes. all in one office. So if we sit down to make a trade or a rebalance a portfolio of a client, when we're doing that, we're looking at it of lately it's all been losses. So, <laughs> right. But in the past, when they had gains, we're like, hey, you know, you got to you bite the bullet on this. You got to pay, you know, 10 grand in tax, but we can get you rebalanced and reset as you go forward. But I can take that $10,000 gain and plug it in their tax return. It says it equates to $2,500 in tax that you're going to pay. So again, you're still $7,500 ahead of the game at the end of the day, and we can do it. Um, but the client says, "Oh, hey, that's great. Let's do it." Or, "Oh, no, I don't want to pay that tax." You know. Yeah. So, but no surprises. That's the name of the game. Concept is no surprises. You yes. don't want tax surprises. Yep. You don't. If you plan out ahead long enough, five, ten, fifteen years, you won't hit your RMD and have any tax so, surprises waiting for you. So, one of the concepts everybody's like, "Oh, I'm going to convert to a Roth." Um, that is a true, on an individual basis, a mathematical equation as you go each year. Now, the perk is, is you move money from your IRA to your Roth. But each year you do that, you pay tax. Mm-hmm. So that tax that you pay may force up your Medicare premiums. You, you know, again, even if it goes to 200 and something bucks a month, you've got to take that into consideration. Um, and then, again, big picture, if you could reduce your IRA or 401K by the time that you get to RMD age, which anybody our age, it's going to be 75, um, but today it's 73, um, you reduce the taxable income that you have no control over when RMDs start. So you would move it from a taxable equivalent to a non-taxable where you never have to report it again in a Roth. But, again, the question is what does it cost you on an annual basis going yeah. forward? So, and that, that's, that's each individual person needs to do that math. Now, I'm not savvy enough to even get a budget down. My wife has got a pretty good handle on mm-hmm. it, but yeah. we do not have a budget. That's yeah. something that we can talk about on a later show. But I'm also not savvy enough to know which math equations to use. Mm-hmm. And I'm definitely not savvy enough to know that if this happens, then my Medicare premiums are going to go up. If I do this, then my Social Security. Now you're bringing in different facets from all over the place that I never would have thought of. And the plan will guide you through that. Like I said, you're sitting here today and you need to be over there 10 years from now. The plan will guide you to that path. So I can't do it. But you can. Yes. <laughs> and that's that's the whole point. Yes. 636-394-5524. You know you need to do it. You just need a buddy to help you through exactly. it. Exactly. And that's what Jeff does in his office. Capital Advisory Group. CapitalAdvisoryGRP.com. 636-394-5524. It's all math. And it's all knowing that as soon as you do anything in your life, it's going to create a taxable event. Yes. Whether you like Everything's it or not. Everything's going to end up on your tax return. So how do we make sure that that tax return is as low as possible? Exactly. We get a buddy to help us out. 636-394-5524. Jeff Zufall 
with Capital Advisory Group. Let's go to commercial break, and then when we come back, a couple more things and wrap up the show. It is Keep What's Yours with Jeff Zufall. Keep What's Yours continues with Josh Gilbert and Jeff Zufall. Back on the show, back to Keep What's Yours with Jeff Zufall. The book is called Keep What's Yours, How to Leverage the New Tax Law to Create Unfair Advantage Over Your Competition. In this case, Jeff, our competition is the IRS. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, without, without naming them personally. Um, but it is a, a battle uh, between us and the IRS. And, you know, I, you're not going to go out and fight with your bare hands. you no. got to get the sword and the shield. And that's, that's right. what Jeff is. Yes. He's there to say, look, IRS, in your tax code, there's a couple of lines about FSAs. And yeah. that's what we took advantage of. Take advantage of it. And we're exactly. keeping $1,200 bucks a year. Yep. So uh, it's just knowing the tax code, which none of us do, Jeff does, knowing the tax code and implementing it into your your daily, weekly, every two weeks paycheck. Yeah. And by the way, I heard a couple of places um, do weekly paychecks. Yes. Some places are paying people daily. Some are daily. Yeah. Which is weird. Uh, that's more the like the Home Depot slash, you know, like hired labor. Um, they do a daily paycheck. That way, if they don't show up the next day, they don't have to worry about them. Yeah. There's, here's your pay for the day. Boom, you're done. Oh, I'm rich. Yeah. I never have to work again. <laughs> and then they come back three weeks later. Yeah. i got to go back. They blew it all. Um, so everything creates a tax event, whether that Pretty much. is uh, there's very catastrophic. Few, yeah. <laughs> there's very few that don't affect you in any way, shape, or form, um, but a handful at that. And then if you are uh, – you are – uh, full disclosure, you are my financial planner and my tax guy. Uh, it's great to have someone all in one yes. so that I don't have to say, well, that's a good idea. I might make that trade, but let me go drive across town and, and our, talk to my tax yeah, guy. And are sometimes then the accountant or the CPA may have a different attitude on the world. And they're like, no, don't do that. It's right. terrible. And then the advisor's like, no, wait. Don't listen to that schmuck. Yeah, it goes back and forth. I've seen that before, too. Right. Um, so you don't want you find somebody that's all in one. Find Jeff six three six three nine four five five two four Capital Advisory Group. So you you get somebody to help you out, and and you make sure that they know what they're doing, and uh, you feel comfortable. So that when I am ready to make some sort of moves, I can just say, Jeff, what would this mean? Exactly. In my financial yeah. scheme of things, it's how's smart it to do. How's it hurt me or how's it help me? And then we go from there. You know, as, as this thing progresses on and hopefully my son Finn gets a college scholarship and I say, right. Jeff, we, we've got $100,000 that, you know, we don't have to use anymore because my son is a genius and he's going to Harvard on a full ride scholarship. Right. But and your boat the, now costs hundred fifty grand. so. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Hey, Andy's the kicker on the football team. If anyone's listening, just make sure that that happens. Um, you know, it's like, what do I do with this extra? Heaven forbid we have extra money at yes. the end of the year. What do I do with this? And, you know, you can help walk us through the processes and give us exactly. all of the, the options. Uh, what to there. do and how you got to do it. Because, frankly, we have no idea how any of this stuff works. And you need somebody in your corner. Every time you do something creates a taxable event, let's talk about Clarence Thomas. Yes. And let's not do this in a way where, it's you know, non, non-political. right and left. Yes, non-political. You know, this nonpartisan. This yep. is just if a regular person, and we're going to start talking gift taxes yes. and stuff. Yes, is what it really boils out to be. Now, again, 
Should he have reported this stuff? That's a whole nother can of worms to get into. But the, the, this is the question is his buddy, this guy named Harlan Crow, billionaire. who is a billionaire out of Dallas, apparently is very good friends with him. Um, and he basically takes him in his private jets, flies him around, takes him on his yacht. Um, here's the free trick, though. Free vacation. Yes. Right? Yes. Now, here's the one that is kind of like, ooh, he paid the private school tuition for the grandnephew of Clarence Thomas. And you go, whoa, wait a minute. That should be disclosed somewhere. Um, but it's his grandnephew. So you go, okay. And Clarence, kinda. I think it said somewhere along the line that he raised this child like his own son. Yeah. Yeah. So, but again, you go, eh, grandnephew, you know, kind of there's some separation. But again, um, yeah, probably should have been reported. But again, the question is, is who, pay, is anybody going to pay tax on that? Um, I think what, what we said, you know, we talked to ABC News, they're, they're our, our affiliate, you know, um, notwithstanding should he have reported this or not, the impropriety, the propriety, yeah. what does it look like for the Supreme Court? Did any laws get broken here? Yeah. And that's a question. I mean, the only law I could see is whether he should have reported or not, whether that's on his ethics board, but whole nother topic there. Where we're going is... Should the the Harlan Crow, who's the guy he paid the tuition for the grandnephew, and the question is, no, it's not taxable, and there is no gift tax in it. So here's the trick. The trick is he paid it directly himself to the school. On behalf of the grandnephew. grandnephew. So it's not a gift. So he didn't give it to Clarence and say, this is earmarked for tuition. Yep, that'd be totally different. So if he wrote the check to Clarence. He didn't give it to the kid. Or the kid, then it would be gift tax would be subject at that point in time. And grandparents back here on earth, you know, out of the billionaire. My grandparents, (laughs) your grandparents, my parents, me when I get older. We can do the same thing for our kids and our grandkids. Exactly. So if the grandparents pay the tuition for the grandchild or even for the kids, it is not a taxable event. There's no gift tax. Now, if you gave the child more than $17,000, they have to report it. I shouldn't say they. You as the gifter have to report it on a gift tax return. Um, But again, at the end of the day, if you pay tuition directly, if you pay medical bills directly, so hospital says, hey – this person owes $20,000 for the procedure. Um, we're going to turn it over to collections if they don't pay it. And someone else comes in and writes the check directly to the hospital. Not a not a reportable event. Interesting. So yeah. it's like, no, no, don't pay my medical bills to me. <laughs> exactly. Make the check but Pay it directly to, to uh, you know, X, Y, Z. Yeah. So the gift tax return, and that's where people are like, what in the world? That's not fair. You could literally give seventeen thousand dollars to every person that walked by if you're standing on in a America. Corner. In America, just start right. Doesn't checks. have to be family members. If anybody circled back to get an extra seventeen, that'd be an issue. Um, but it's per person. Seventeen thousand free of charge. Yes, no one, no one reports it. So it, if it goes to eighteen thousand. Does that person that gave it have to report it? Yes. Does the person that the person that gave it, it has to report that thousand dollar overage? On a gift tax return. If and I pay a little tax. It, do I have no. to declare that as income? Nope. It's not income to you as the receiver. Only the person that is giving would then pay whatever is above that 17000 Now, there's another way it gets even a little bit more complex, but you could gift all the way up to $12 million, which is everybody's standard exemption. Um, 
and you could give that money away. You just have to report it to the IRS in detail. Hey, I gave cash. I gave a house. I gave you know cars, right. whatever. But the gift tax was basically enacted in 1924. And the reason it was en- enacted is um, you're J.P. Morgan back in the day. Um, you got a net worth of $100 million in you know, 1920. And you run up a tax bill of a million bucks. You go, ooh, you would literally just give a million dollars away. It's a drop in the bucket to their net worth, but it literally rules out their taxable income. They never pay income tax. So the feds came along and said, nope, here's a gift tax. And I don't know what it was back then. Couldn't have been much. Um, but if you give away more than this, you will pay a gift tax. Right. So that's kind of how it's It's not started. a tax write-off. Not a tax write-off. Okay. It's just you either report it or you don't. If you're under 17, no questions asked. Um, if you're over 17, you either re- do a gift tax or there's another step that you could do if it's, you know, we've had clients uh, buy a house for their kids and then give it to them, you know, 400 grand. Um, there's a whole other set of stuff tax that goes laws on with that. that goes with that. So, All right. Well, yeah. speaking of houses, back to Clarence Thomas, this um, billionaire benefactor mm-hmm. – also bought his mother's house <laughs> and, and did a lot of remodeling on did it. a lot of fix the roof and built the garage and this yes. and that and the problem is or the interesting facet is his mom still lives there yes so so if, so if it's in uh this harlan crow's name and, and he said he wanted to dedicate it at some point to a clarence thomas museum yes. clarence thomas childhood yeah. boyhood home That'd be different. So if his mom lives there, it's really Harlan Crow's house. Um, there's no issue there. She's a tenant, if you want to call it that. Um, whether she pays rent or, out, rent or not, that's a whole other question. That doesn't. Yeah. But if then this individual, this Harlan Crow, wants to use it for his, you know, library after he passes, then that's a whole other prerogative. So, but it's still funny. You go, should he report it? Well, I mean, ethically, probably. I mean, those are if it's if if it's a one-time deal where they put you on a private jet. I mean, executives, corporate executives that fly in the jets have to pay tax on whatever that equivalency is of using that that private plane. So you go, well, there's already the precedent out there. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. But at the end of the day, this guy buying Clarence Thomas's mom's house. Um, that's a, a deal that he's made with Clarence Thomas's mother. Mother, right? Exactly. What does Clarence so Thomas have it, anything to do with it? Exactly. I mean, we all know. It probably, you know, funneled right back to him. But right. at the end of the day, technically it's his mom and it's his grandnephew. So, again, he bought it. The question is where'd the money go? And that nobody's really disclosed yet. Yeah. But still, the fact that Clarence Thomas is like, oh, I didn't know I had to report that. I mean, yeah, ethically you should probably scribble something down somewhere. And it records some piece yeah. of it, um, but so that kind of hit the fan. Was it market value? Was exactly. it this? Was it um, that? Was it you know? Did did it? Did this Harlan Crow buy his mom's house but paid five hundred thousand dollars for it when it was only worth two hundred? Yeah, that sounds um, that sounds like money laundering. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> uh, but then it doesn't appear that any of that happened in this no. case. And, and frankly, I don't think why we, any of us should be surprised. Harlan Crow's a billionaire. He's yeah. probably got like 50 Jeff Zufalls working he for does. him. He does. Guarantee he does. <laughs> Making sure that he's on the right side, side of the law. Of the law. And you can be too. 
There's a way to keep more of your money. There's a way to tell the government, I'm only going to pay you this and not a penny more. Exactly. And that is the legal way of doing it. You just need somebody to tell you about it, Jeff Zufall and the Keep What's Yours radio show yes. on the weekends. <laughs> and then you need someone to implement it into your paychecks, into yeah. your finances. And help you get the process going. And that's Jeff Zufall when he's at the office. 636-394-5524, Capital Advisory grp.com. Jeff, it's been a great show. Yes, it has. And we'll see you next week. You betcha. You've been listening to Keep What's Yours with Josh Gilbert and Jeff Zufall, Senior Tax Strategist and Wealth Manager at Capital Advisory Group. To learn more, call 636-394-5524 or visit capitaladvisorygrp.com.